Hello, I'm Arafat. I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and welcome to our Brazilian Grand Prix review. My name is Arafa, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Mohammed. Say hi, Mohammed. Hi, Mohammed. And we have a very special guest this week. We're joined by Asmara after a very long time. Asmara, say hi, Mohammed. Hi, Mohammed. And we also have a fourth guest, which is none other than Sky F1's Karun Chanda. Karun, say hi, Mohammed. Hi, Mohammed. It's Karun. Uh, I believe you've been a bit down about the fact that Lewis hasn't had a great season. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean. I think you're not alone. Most of the Mercedes team have been pretty down about it, uh, especially Toto and Lewis. But um, I think there's lots of indications that they should be on the path back for next year. Uh, they seem to have understood the problems of, of where they got lost with the design uh, in the concept of this year's car. And when you when you talk to people within the team, it's kind of a situation like McLaren were in, uh, I think it was 2018, where... You know, they just gave up on that year's car. They focused everything on the year after. And they went from having the slowest car at the end of that year to the fourth fastest the year after. So, um, you know, all the same people were there during uh, the years of success in Mercedes. They haven't gotten more stupid. They've, they've just got the concept wrong in this one. And I'm pretty sure they'll get it together in the future. So, uh, yeah, I believe you went to Austin and really enjoyed it. It's my favorite race of the year, to be honest, as an event. I absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, look forward to um, next season and never know, maybe Lewis and Mercedes will uh, will get it together and be in that fight. Yeah, man, I really hope so, Curran. Thanks so much for the words of encouragement. Um, but yeah, Curran had to leave, so we're not going to hear much more from him this episode. But Mohammed, how have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, I have been up to, I mean, I've been okay. I was going to say that, like, this is the hardest episode I've ever had to record. But um, then I went to sleep and I woke up this morning and I feel a lot better. So look at that. Time heals all wounds. <laughs> Before we get into the episode, I just want to announce to our listeners, some of you have probably already seen it on Twitter. We're doing that, you know, announce giveaway that we were talking about way back in July or something. We're doing it now. So it's real. It's happening. We have a Formula One uh, special edition, the United States special edition Mercedes Lewis Hamilton shirt. Um, and this was actually not sold at the United States Grand Prix, even though it's the United States special edition shirt. But it's really cool looking. I want one for myself. You can win it. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter, Slow Pit Stop, retweet the original tweet, and then comment underneath it with your favorite Lewis Hamilton race. We've already gotten a number of race, uh, races, mostly our Brazil 2021 or Turkey 2020 think outside of the box people and then we have a software so i found the software it'll generate a winner for you so that i don't have to come up with um, like a ouija board to figure out who the winner is and um yeah so it's very exciting we're very excited to give away this shirt um arfa do you have any mercedes shirts i do i have the one that i'm wearing right now that i always wear when we're recording from but they don't 20, know that <laughs> 2017 that's when oh. this shirt is from 
that's why it looks so old. Well, this is a brand spanking new one, and it's a new release. It actually just got released the day after the Brazilian Grand Prix that morning, so I don't know when you're listening to this. Oh, I should say that the since I don't know when you're listening to this, the contest ends Wednesday, November 16th at 7 a.m. British time, 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So get your thing in by then, and if you're listening after that, I'm so sorry. Please listen to us earlier in the week. All right, back to you. So what we're going to talk about today is qualifying and then we'll briefly touch on the sprint before getting into the race. And within the race itself, we're going to probably focus on the big stories, which is the crash between Max and Lewis, the safety car restart, George winning his first ever Grand Prix, and then the fallout between Max and Perez. And uh, we'll probably be sharing our feelings about Lewis not winning. So Asmara, should we just get straight into it? Qualifying, you didn't have a chance to watch it. What was... The, how did you find out that Magnussen was on pole? So to clarify, I didn't get to watch most of qualifying because I was at work, but I realized that I was just in time to like watch Q3. So I turned it on right at the start of Q3 and I saw that Magnussen was in first and I forget who was in second, science or something. And uh, George was in third. And then I saw... The only thing I heard was Charles's radio, like, uh, good job or something really sarcastically. And I was like, oh, my God, he's entering his villain era. Like, he is actually done with his team. And then <laughs> I saw that George crashed and then the, the, uh, the session got, like, red flagged. Um, um, I feel like Brazil is really good for, like, always lots of interesting stories. Like, the race is always really fun. So, um I thought it was I thought it was cool, but it was interesting how the the session sort of ended. I guess. Yeah, I was a little bit gutted that Hamilton was in eighth, but I just had a big smile on my face. You know, when you see the Haas team, not just Kevin Magnussen, but I think the Haas team after everything that had to go through last year and the whole Mazepin saga, I was just happy for them. You could see how much it meant to them. Um, Mohammed, how did you feel about it? Yeah, watching the replays of like Haas and Kevin getting out of the car, hugging Gunther Steiner, it is really nice. It was really, really nice to get that feel-good story because I don't think we've really had the feel-good story this year, but it did get me so worried going into the race that like this was going to be the feel-good story for the season. I was like, that's it. We've run our luck. You know, We're not going to get a Lewis win or a Mercedes win, and I was just so depressed because of that, but I was really excited for the sprint race. Um, I think it's really unfortunate. <coughs> Excuse me. This was one of two things that I think kept Lewis from winning the race, uh, getting stranded in eighth place, which is just so unfortunate because I really feel like had he started second or third or whatever, and then started the real, the main race second or third, um, and kept that, I think we just would have been a lot better. But who knows, you know, um, so it was really, really good for Kevin. I'm so happy for him. And it really proves that he is a lot better than Nikita Mazepin. And uh, the only person not celebrating was uh, Mick Schumacher. Oh, yeah, there's lots of rumors that Mick has been told that he's being dumped for Nico Hockenberg. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how these photos get taken. But there's just lots of photos of Mick looking very upset. Um, feel for the A. Game Begrudgingly, right yeah. So we're talking about team games. And the last thing that happened in quali that we want to uh, quickly touch on is George crashed and he had a spin and beached his car. And that sort of ended the 
quali session because it brought out a red flag and then people couldn't really set a representative time in the in the worsening conditions so some people saying well is it fair that he got to keep third place but other people didn't get a chance to beat him um I think I don't blame him. There's lots of conspiracy things about he crashed on purpose. I don't know how you would crash like that on purpose. Oh, like, let's get into that later. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, I know. So it was clearly an accident, but um, maybe the rule does need to be reviewed. Like if you cause a red flag, then your fastest time is deleted or something. I, I don't know. Maybe it does need to be looked at because it does feel unfair or, you know, they extend qualifying by an extra five minutes or something to give people a chance to set a faster lap. I don't know. Whatever the solution is, I think there needs to be one. But then we go into the sprint race. There's not much to say about it apart from Lewis moved from P8 to P3. And confusingly, Max was on the medium tyres for some reason. I'm not sure why. But speaking of Max, let's get right into the race. So racing incident, Max's fault. Was it Lewis's fault? This crash. What happened, Mohammed? All right, you're flying. A couple things I want to add in there before we get to the race. Um, so the sprint race, I think that was the best part of the weekend because Lewis with nothing to lose is just unbelievable to watch. And even though he wasn't starting in last place, it was still really fun to watch him from eighth claw his way back up to third. And it was such a moment where the team was so excited. Once again, they were, they were the way they were yesterday and front row lockout for the first time all season. And I just think that as like Mercedes fans, I think to me, that's more of a highlight than the win, um, which we'll get to later. But to me, just to, that concept. But had Lewis not started in eighth and let's say started in third or fourth, I really think he would have challenged George for the win. And I think he might have won that sprint race. So extreme frustration on my end coming to the race. So what, it was a safety car restart. <laughs> Is is anyone really like surprised by how it went down? Because Max is already an aggressive driver. Lewis has been playing more aggressive this year. It was like last year. All it was it was just like he's Max has been playing safe for the most part all year with Leclerc with George. And as soon as it's with Lewis, it's like these two have some kind of like like latent feelings of aggression towards each other that just won't go away. I, I really think so. As soon as they get to each other, boom, you have that. And I'm just really glad there was no damage on Lewis's car. Something interesting that has happened while I watched the races in the last season, season and a half or whatever, last two seasons, I guess now, um, I feel like I have become less and less confident in my own assessment of incidents because of the way that the stewarding is always like so all over the place. So like sometimes I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, that's definitely like this guy's fault. But then the penalty is like completely the opposite. So what I started to do is just completely rely on like I always watch the races on like Sky. So I completely rely on like uh Brundle and and uh Crofty to tell me like what they think and I think usually they probably have more of like a British bias so but regardless like this time I was like they were I think it was Brundle more so he was like oh I think Max should have had more space like I think Lewis would, was more at fault so if anything I was expecting like at most they might give it as like a racing incident so I was actually pretty surprised when when Max got the time penalty like for some reason I just didn't didn't expect that that would actually happen yeah, so like that's definitely something that's sparked conversation. And as a clarification to our listeners who may not know, they changed the rules at the beginning of this year to make it so that whichever car is ahead has essentially the right of way, like the corner. So it's like 
Bradley Philpott, I, I talked about this. He did this video breaking down this new rule and he was like, it's a really bad rule from this point of view of it will punish a lot of racing incidents and make it look like they were not racing incidents. So in this situation, according to this new rule, Lewis was ahead. His front axle was completely ahead and therefore Max deserves the five second penalty. But like a lot of people have been saying real, it's actually, it's, it's a racing incident and that rule needs to be looked at and rewritten. Um, for me, this is karma for Max not getting any penalties last year. So I don't really care. It should have been a 15 second drive through penalty. Um, I think what was interesting was, like you said, there's something about these two. Um, Max has very much a style of, you know, he's very aggressive and he'll put his car in a place barreling down loads of speed and you know, there's going to be a collision and it falls on the other person to move. And Max is like, no, you're, you got to move. Um, where's the quote? Here it is. This is from Max Verstappen. I went around the outside and immediately felt he wasn't going to leave space. So I just went for it. I knew we were going to get together. It cost him the race win and it gave me five seconds. It wouldn't have mattered anything for my race. So he's kind of, I can't remember a situation where Max backed out. And I think Lewis felt he lost out a lot to Max before because he kept having to back out of things. So now he's kind of just, he left his car there and said, no, you back out. And obviously they crashed. But maybe both of them are sort of psychologically sending signals to each other. And one of two things will happen. One of them will eventually say, I've got more to lose here and will back off. Or this will ramp up more and more and more the more that they find themselves on the same piece of racetrack. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that quote. This is like off topic. It just occurred to me. I don't know if you saw. So Max is going to be on the cover of uh, GQ Sports as like athlete of the year or something, which, you know, good for him. But in the magazine spread, they have a picture of Max with a quote from Lewis Hamilton. It's that quote, Max is do or die. If you try to get alongside him, you either crash or you come out. And it's just like they put this like negative quote like that Lewis has about Max being like this brash driver. I think they thought it was like a cool quote, but like it's not the context was not cool. And I think it's so funny that that's going to go into the GQ spread for Max in his first GQ spread. So I think that's really funny. Um, yeah, I think we like I noticed a lot of people were saying that last year, too. Like, you know, earlier in the season, like in 2021, um, Lewis is a lot more liable to back out of uh, of incidents with Max and like prevent things from happening and then it seems like over the season he kind of got fed up with that and realized like he wouldn't be able to like he was losing out a lot by doing that so he started becoming a bit more aggressive and then obviously they had you know the various incidents they had last year um so I think it was I think it was the same I I don't know like necessarily I do like I think it's just like recency bias we see that Max and Lewis have come together a lot because obviously last year they they were both like at the front of the field and and fighting a lot and like the races were a lot closer. Um, but I think this is just like, I feel like I wasn't too surprised by it, by by like the move from Max. Like I do think that's just the kind of the driver he is. Not that that's like a bad thing because clearly it works for him. So um, yeah, I don't know that I, that I really have uh, any other specific opinions on that, I guess. It's just, uh, it wasn't unexpected. And Danny had an incident too, Daniel Ricardo. So hey, Daniel Ricardo took out Magnussen. Yeah. 
He took out Magnuson, and then Magnuson repaid the favor by spinning oh, and taking out Daniel. <laughs> I saw this thing, you know. So, so like Magnuson and Haas, you know, it's like a record for them about getting pole position and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. virtual statsman was, you know, Sean Kelly was tweeting about mm. all these things about you know Haas, how long it took them to get a pole position, and this and that, whatever. And he put out a tweet at some point saying, "And now." Magnuson has another horrible statistic in that he is the only person to take pole position at the Brazilian Grand Prix and crash out in the first lap. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Should we quickly jump ahead to the end of the race? Right. So if we jump ahead to the end of the race, what I'm going to do is just read what Andrew Benson wrote, because I think he's he's a professional journalist. He obviously summarized it better than I could. so what he said was, you know, after the Max and Hamilton crash and Carlos Sainz getting a bit of tear off stuck in his car and having to drop back, he says that left Perez as Russell's only realistic rival for the win. But after managing his pace for the first few laps, Britain obeyed a request from the team to up his pace and build a gap. And Perez had no answer. As Russell took control of the race, the question was how far could Hamilton climb back up the field in his recovery? and it soon became apparent he had a chance of second. Hamilton ran longer on his first set of tyres to give himself a pace offset. He stopped six laps later than Perez and emerged in fourth place behind Sainz. Sainz, whose race was disrupted early on by a forced early pit stop when a visor tariff got caught in a rear brake duct, pitted out of the way and Hamilton caught and passed Perez with 26 laps to go. Eight laps later, more jeopardy was introduced when Norris's McLaren stopped on the track and the and first the virtual safety car and then the safety car were deployed. But none of the main runners stopped for tyres and the result was depended on who had the freshest rubber. Perez, who had made his last stop earlier than the others and fitted medium tyres rather than soft, was left vulnerable and he succumbed to Sainz, then Leclerc and then Verstappen, who was ordered to let by so the world champion could try and take some points out of those ahead of him. All right. So this is like bringing back all kinds of memories. Basically, you know, Julian Palmer said, apparently I didn't hear this, but I've been told he said um, in the beginning of the race, whoever has the lead in turn after lap one or whoever takes the lead at turn one uh, will win the race between the two Mercedes. And I think that was pretty accurate because, number one, we just know the way Mercedes operates as a team. Whoever uh, takes the lead after the first lap is going to get the preferential strategy. And so that was the first thing that was going to screw Lewis is he didn't take the lead off the line. Maybe he could have fought for the lead later, but uh, George Russell was going to get the undercut opportunity, which was very powerful. That's why Lewis uh, had to go longer than him. Um, which was great, but he was never going to be able to challenge for the lead that way. My hope was he was going to disobey team orders uh, and stay out even longer until the end. And he even seemed like he was going to do it. Remember, he had that radio message where he was like, the tires are good, the tires are good. And I think that's what he was going for is, ah, I want to stay out. I can win this race if I stay out. But then the team said, no, Lewis, you are boxing right now. And I think whenever they, I think Mercedes also has a rule where you can try and overrule the team one time, but if they come back the second time, you have to do it, something like that. So that was essentially a team order for him to come in. And I think that was really the oppor- the, the, the moment when it was like, yeah, he's not going to win the race. Although the safety car made things so close. I guess we'll get to the safety car later, but yeah, just, just Lewis losing out at the lead. I think that was the most frustrating yeah. thing. And I think I can, 
as a Lewis fan, like obviously I wanted Lewis to go longer so that he was on fresher softs at the end so that he could overtake Russell. But then I can understand it from Mercedes' point of view. Russell will say, I did everything right. I did everything you're supposed to do. Why would you put my teammate onto fresher rubber on soft tires to overtake me? And it would just cause all sorts of disharmony in the team. So I, I think Mercedes did the right thing. It, it it wasn't the best thing for Lewis, but I think it was the best thing for Mercedes. And yeah. actually, you know, listening to George's speeches at the end and the way he thanked Lewis and the whole team and everybody's helped to get him there and the way he's been posting pictures with Lewis on his Instagram and things like that. I'm like, yeah, do you know what? He's being like... The, the, we talk about sore losers, but there's people mm-hmm. that can be like annoying winners as well. Yeah, But he's not been. He's been really, really gracious in victory as well. And I think, um, yeah, you know, he deserved to win. He held off Lewis at the end. I think it was... They were both on in the same car, same level of tires. It would have been extremely difficult for Lewis to overtake. He needed George mm-hmm. to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And George did exactly what he had to do, which was not make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so he deserved to take that win. Yeah. I was really upset at the time um, because I, I really wanted Lewis to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was all this stuff, oh, Mercedes are going to be slow in Brazil, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly you're like, wait, they, they actually have pace here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Asmara, I think you're less oh my God. generous no. about George Russell. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I mean, yeah, like we're looking at this, you know, in hindsight, like it would have been amazing if Lewis had stayed out those like four or five extra laps. You never, like no one knew that the safety car would happen, right? Like this is all in hindsight, like looking back. Um, But at the time, like, yeah, I don't know. Like it was obviously like upsetting that Lewis didn't get the chance to get the win when they had uh, like such a great car and such good pace. But I think you're right. Like it comes back to to like building goodwill. Really have gained from. I mean, yeah, he would have kept the record of like a win every season. But what would he really have gained from like being super aggressive about getting the win versus you know allowing George to get the 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 win and then or you know like I mean obviously George wanted himself but like you know letting that happen and not being upset about it and letting a one-two happen like that's such a great with like more like hope for a better season like yeah I mean it's like annoying that Lewis didn't get the win but I'm not I'm not like too mad about it. It's whatever. Uh, he seems like he seems fine with it. He seems fine with it. So how can I be like more salty than Lewis? It's like, that's not, that's not what he would want. You know, that's what we wanted though. That's why you're on this episode. I know. What is this? What is this like balance? Okay. All right. Take? Fine. I'm very upset. Let me, what did I say in the, I'm so annoyed. And I was texting one of my other friends and I was basically <laughs> just saying like, I'm almost, matter that it's george winning that i would have been if it was like red bull winning and i hate red bull yeah. yes there i was go. at that point this before is why I saw we called the, you on the show yeah <laughs> i was like before the race started i said i'll take anyone else winning over lewis if it can't be lewis i'll take i'll take you know carlos signs i'll take verstappen perez, perez. whatever but Esteban i can't deal with russell <laughs> yeah, and the reason I couldn't deal with Russell winning over him was 
well, I, the reason I couldn't take Russell winning over him was I was worried that I don't know why, but you know, people on the internet would be like, "Well, Russell won in that car, so why couldn't Lewis if he's supposed to be the greatest of all time?" I huh? Know. And actually, why am I living my life being bothered by what these weirdos say? I should just be able to watch the race and be happy. And I, I like Muhammad said. I slept on it, and the next day I woke up, and I'm totally fine today. It was just at the time. Yeah. Do you know fine. what it is too? It worked out perfectly that this was the race where Max and Perez had their beef because Lewis was so gracious throughout the race. He didn't go on the radio and start complaining. He just he complained that he thought the tires were fine, but then he obeyed team orders and went in. Um, and afterwards, you know, he was all like celebrating so well. And then I saw his Instagram post. I think he posted it today. And he had this line about like, what a great team win. And I was like, I know this is the kind of person he is, but it is so funny to see this parallel between like, they're so buddy, but they were fighting for the race win. Like on that last safety car restart, like Lewis easily could have taken it off. We were fighting for the race win and they are somehow like, way less like problematic and dramatic than what happened at Red Bull. So I think that also helped my, you know what? Yeah, that was nice. That yeah. I was just so kind about it. Yeah. I think if Lewis was angry, I would have been angry. I would have just fully leaned into it as well. So, well, so yeah. look, I consulted my, my sister who is the expert in uh, celebrity emotions. And she said, uh, if your celebrity is happy, you're still allowed to be sad because somebody has to be sad on their behalf. And if they're sad, then you definitely have to be sad. You can't be happy if they're sad. So you're always allowed to be sad is the moral of that story. So I, I was happy. I was sad yesterday on Lewis's behalf. Because somebody has to be sad on his behalf. He's going to also feel that pain of missing out on another win. But I think seeing him really so happy about the team. I actually completely didn't even draw the parallel. That's what I was talking about between Mercedes and Red Bull. And I think that's so funny thinking about it now. You have this one team with like the inter-team fighting. And then the other team is like so happy. And they're all holding hands. And they're all like celebrating. But I think Lewis being so happy. And the team being so happy. Like the team is so happy. That I think that I'm now I'm I'm happy now for the team. So well. I put out a tweet on our slow pit stop um, account, and I said, "Lewis fans, how are you feeling?" Because I think we're all feeling things all over the place. And this is some of the replies that we got. So Mansi Verma said, "I know it means a lot for Lewis, but George has been amazing this season. I am happy for him. It's a bit sad it wasn't Lewis, but George getting the win and a one-two from Mercedes was awesome." So Miguel, I'm going to have to hit translate tweet. It says, oh, that was so cool. Please give us so, more tweets in other languages. Yeah, so he says, I wanted him to win without a doubt, but I'm happy for Russell, and this is preparation for next year to try and fight for the world championship. His career does not lose merit. That's a great point. Um, oh. I see audio, which is Lee Stevens from the Three Legs, Four Wheel podcast. Um, he loves to wind me up sometimes, but I know I he, was going to say, okay, continue. <laughs> I like, I literally give him money to be my friend. You know, I'm subscribed to his Patreon and he's still, <laughs> this is how he treats me. But anyway, so he said, Lewis is going to have his hands full next year in the sprint. George uh, dealt with Max cleanly and decisively something Lewis has struggled with George Russell world driver championship next year. Uh, and then next we had Dom not Toretto said it's a bittersweet one two for the team on one hand I feel sick that the record is all but gone now mm. on the other who better to deny him than the lad that he's going to have to leave the team to so Mohammed, you tweeted 
for some reason. Uh, I hate the sport. I hate George. I hate Max. Correct. So Pranusha <laughs> said, no comments, and you better read out my comment. Um, Glenn Red, <laughs> We've said, done it, Pranusha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, low-key great. We seem to have cracked the curse of the W13. This is promising for 2023. A win would have been fantastic, but we have been here before and we'll get ours. Chris Chapman said, Lewis was one of the cleanest racers until Max shows up and disrespects every driver on the grid. Sean Hines said, not the order I preferred, but George was on was on all weekend and deserved it. I hope this reflects progress for the team going into 2023. Uh, Rosaline Hermes says, congratulations to Charles and Lewis. Well done. Charles. Anyway, uh, Debbie, <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Winger says, happy for both for the team for Mercedes fans. Um, but what I want so to do is tell you about yeah, my reaction. I'm still laughing at life. Charles. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to tell you about, and then we'll get into the meat of today, was I saw another tweet from a random, I didn't know who this person was. I'd never looked into them. But it was someone called Lisa. And it said, um, it was a quote from Max. Where did he want me to go? But it doesn't matter. And then she says, Max is getting calmer as the days progress at a rate I didn't expect. Even when he knows it well, he did nothing wrong. So, you know, as this is all in playing, Lisa's reaction is to be like, wow, Max is such a mature guy now. And so Lisa apparently, 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 apparently is a engineer at Red Bull. Um, but then today loads of people are like this is clearly a catfish account Lisa's pictures are all actually this random model from this place and none of the stuff Lisa says adds up and none of the timeline so right now live as we're recording this Lisa person is being picked apart so when it was declared that their pictures are actually someone else's photos they've changed all their photos to pictures of Max Verstappen Um, (laughs) so maybe their name is not Lisa they're probably not a professional engineer at Red Bull, and um, I'm, yeah, the, the, this was genuinely the worst take from oh my all God. of this. That, Is it Max Verstappen's burner account that he was tweeting from during the race? Oh, it might have been. It might have been. But, Asmara, why don't you tell us about what's happened with Max and his teammate and the contrast to what's been going on at Mercedes? Originally, it was kind of an afterthought. Like, they played... Max's uh, radio of his, uh, please give the place back to Perez. And then obviously, like, as the ending of the race progressed and George crossed the finish line, like, they were talking about George winning. And then, um, uh, oh, I don't know, was I supposed to give, like, more explanation for the people who hadn't seen it? So essentially, apparently, Max let, or Perez, oh, okay, I am getting the signal that I do not have to give more information. I'm so sorry. Please cut all of that nonsense. Um, and then, you know, as the... As, no, give it. Give oh, it. give the explanation? Oh, my God. Okay. So essentially, you know, a few laps uh, before the end of the race... Um, this is this is all going downhill. A few laps before the end of the race, Perez, you know, let Max through because Alonso had passed Perez, and uh, the thought was that if Max is faster and can take back the place from Alonso, then obviously the team ends up better off, and Max can, you know, end up higher. For it would have been for fifth place, um, but you know, Alonso was on another one. It became quite clear that he was not going to to pass. 
um, to pass Alonzo, and he got a message over the radio saying from his engineer saying, okay, if you don't get Alonzo by this turn, like if you can't overtake him, please uh, give the place back to Perez because, you know, Perez had kind of let him by um, pretty easily. And uh, I don't think this is response on the live speed because obviously at that point he was still going to try the overtake on Alonzo and, and didn't. So it was really funny to me because George, you know, wins and then they're reading out the rest of the race order and they're saying, you know, who came in second, third, et cetera. And they get to, you know, P6, P7 and they're like, oh, and Max finishes ahead of Perez and he was just on the radio. And I heard that and, okay, first of all, I was definitely more preoccupied by, you know, being very salty about uh, George winning and, and Lewis coming in second. But also, I, I heard it and I was like, yeah, that's classic. Yeah. Like, you know, th that's like, that's what I would expect. Like, I didn't think he would give the place back. Um, but I wasn't even thinking that in a negative way. I was like, yeah, that's just what Max is like. So to imagine my surprise when I go on like Reddit later and there are so many threads of people being like, I have lost so much respect for Max today. I think to him it was for p6 and p7 and in my head i'm like usually i'm the one that's overreacting to things max does so are people overreacting here but then you know i realized obviously the context of yes perez was very much like a, a team player last year you know this year he's been way more off the pace so i don't think he's had the opportunity to be a team player as much but last year you know many races he let you know, Max Fry, or he held Lewis up at the um, at the last race of last season, and uh, and paid, played like a key role in Max getting the the drivers' championship. So I I can kind of understand, but then obviously it's kicked off all this other drama too, which I'm sure you guys will get into about sort of conspiracy theories about the reasoning behind um, why all yeah. this happened. Yeah. So just in terms of the backlash against Max. Um, a couple of things that I think were quite funny. One, uh, there was a tweet from Will Buxton because people are comparing it to Vettel in the Multi-21 saga, but um, Will Buxton was like, comparisons between Max refusal of team orders yesterday aren't to my mind the same. Seb was going for a win early in the season. Max was running for sixth title also up. So even Will Buxton is like, hmm, Max, not quite not quite right. Um even and then Mika Hakkinen has come out and said, the team always comes first. And if you have an agreement about how you and your teammate work together, it's always best to keep to that. But besides the drama from Red Bull, we saw brilliant racing. Um, and my favorite bit of internet pettiness. So we've seen some other things. There was a video going around of apparently a Mexican fan burning uh, Max Verstappen's hat. Um, <laughs> yeah. I so, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So while Muhammad laughs... Um, Actually, that's probably too far because we saw this with, you know, people burning Lewis Hamilton merchandise and stuff like that. And things like that will eventually escalate to violence. So what we like is pettiness. Pettiness is the way yeah. forward. And I love this bit of random internet pettiness, which is going to make no difference to um, Verstappen's life, but made me laugh a lot. So this is a website on my phone called Social Tracker, and it shows the number of followers Verstappen has day by day on social media. And I'll nice. go through each day. So last Wednesday, he gained two and a half thousand followers. Thursday, 1,600. Friday, 2,400. 
Saturday, 2,900, Sunday, 2,700, and then on Monday, he lost 40,000 followers. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this is the kind of pettiness I can get behind. <laughs> uh, All right, hold it on, makes hold no on. difference. <laughs> I have things to say. Quick, real th- work, work. One, yeah, obviously, go. don't condone violence, but it was funny. Two, I... Don't know how how real is this Max hate? All the people saying I'm no longer a Max fan. I feel like they're gonna turn up to the next season and they're gonna be Max fans again. Like I feel I, like I wonder if it's Max fans from Mexico. I wonder if it's the Perez oh, fans that are now because yeah. the way in Mercedes it's gotta you had be the Rosberg camp and you had the um, Hamilton camp. And yeah. even when they were at McLaren, you had Jensen fans and you had Lewis fans. So I wonder yeah. if this is the moment where. Robin is becoming Nightwing and there's going yeah. to be Batman you know, fans and Nightwing fans. <laughs> you know, cause when I was at the, the race in Texas, there were so many people with Red Bull, Red Bull gear. And I would ask them like randomly like, Oh, Hey, you know, uh, are you a Max fan? And like a lot of them would say, no, I'm, I'm a Red Bull fan because of Checo. So I really think that you're right. I think that a lot of these fans are Checo fans who are like fully done with the team. That is amazing. I, that's incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm feeling these emotions now because, like Asmara said, during the race itself, I was basically in shell shock and crying and listening to sad songs on repeat and uh, laying on my floor and yeah. So I wasn't paying attention to any of this stuff yesterday, but I'm um, I'm glad to be experiencing it now because that's that's pretty funny. The backlash is hilarious. So I've got a question for you, Muhammad, and then I've got a question for Asmara. So Muhammad, my question for you is. According to the internet, why do we think Verstappen behaved this way? According to the internet? Oh. <laughs> or why do you think he behaved this way? Yeah, that that'd be a question for both of you. So okay. according to the internet, why is this happening? And according to you two, why is this happening? Well, okay, the internet is going to talk about the whole Monaco scandal, which I, we should talk about it. We'll talk about it in a couple minutes. I per- personally think that uh, Verstappen has a little bit of that Fernando Alonso in him that where it's like, I am the best driver in the world and he leads the team because that right now is helping him be the best driver. He was definitely ready to leave Red Bull before 2021. And I think if Red Bull stopped giving him a good car, he would leave. So in my mind, he's just like, it's all, it's about him. It's less about the team, the way Lewis is like a team leader and stuff like that. So I think when they said you have to move aside, I think he was just like, who am I? to move aside for him every position matters and i I, that's my theory um he's just one of those drivers that's a bit more person uh more about me than it is about uh the team asmara what do you think and i just want to add real quick before she comes in asmara is in a very rural part of the world right now called canada so she's actually on a delay and we have to communicate with her through carrier pigeon and that's why she's getting our signals a little bit late asmara come in Okay. All right. That was an interesting introduction from the American who obviously looks down on anyone that is not American, which is so classic. Anyways, um, in terms of why I think Max did that. I live in garbage country. (laughs) There is nothing redeeming about... No. Okay. Anyways, um, why do I think Max did that? I think... Yeah, I kind of agree with with uh, Mohammed. Like, 
I think, you know, what really sprinkled in the spice there, like what really, you know, added fuel to the fire, if you will, was just those two lines he said at the end where he was like, I already told you, I have my reasons. We talked about this. Like he said a few things that were like, you know, added like all this speculation. But I think if he had just been like, no, I already told you I'm not giving the place. No, I would have just totally accepted it as, yeah, like this is what Max is like. Like he, and, and I honestly like, when I when I think of that, like I didn't even think of that in a negative way. Like I was like, yeah, this is just what Max is like. Like I I'm being serious when I thought I didn't expect that so many people would be so upset about it. I guess it makes sense because like in hindsight, everything Chico's done for him and and um, how like benign of a driver uh, Perez usually is. Um, that uh, like it makes sense the the outcry. But you know, if I had just seen that race and or that incident in isolation, and he hadn't said those few lines about like kind of adding speculation to things I would have totally just been like yeah this is just like the kind of driver Max is like he never wants to give a place he never wants to give up on anything even if he's already won the championship even if it's for P6 um and that's just like what I thought happened there so this theory that because I I get what both of you are saying that you know if it was just Max saying Every point will always count. I'm never, ever going to surrender anything. I I would have got that too. I would have understood. But there's this theory going around that Max was upset because he found out that Perez um, crashed on purpose at Monaco. And that took the Monaco Grand Prix win away from Verstappen because he he couldn't set a, a, a faster lap in qualifying and so started behind Perez. And now everyone is suddenly analyzing the lap to work out if Perez crashed on purpose. And, you know, people have done it in the past, Rosberg and Schumacher and stuff. So did Perez do that? I don't know. I watched the lap and I was like, as someone who doesn't drive a Formula One car, I don't know. But it's what's interesting to me is other journalists like Joe Sayward, for example, are tweeting about, hey, let's look at Perez and Monaco again, which makes me think, in Verstappen's mind, this is what he's doing. And I think that's actually funnier than... Because like you said, if you just said, I'm racing for every point all the time, I'm always switched on, that's fine. That's what you call that an aggressive champion. You can say, this is what it takes to be a champion. But the fact that he's so petty over a perceived incident <laughs> that no one has proved correct... After he's won the championship, yeah. he's won more races in a season than anyone ever has in history. And his team, you know, it makes a difference if Perez finishes in P2, they get the trophy, it'll have a financial implication for Perez, there'll be team bonuses, blah, 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 whatever. He's like, nah, I think you took Monaco away from me. I'm going to screw all of you over. That is peak pettiness. So, yeah, I think that's way funnier what is the timeline on this? Okay, people are, so many people now are looking at this and are concluding somehow that, yes, for realsies, uh, Perez crashed in Monaco on purpose to give himself third place. Although I don't remember how he ended up going on to win the race. Uh, I don't think he was on pole position. Was he on pole? No, he was in third. But the timeline on this is apparently recently Perez told Helmut Marco that he crashed in Monaco on purpose. And then Helmut Marco has been like telling this to the rest of the team. Asmaro, do we think that maybe just to cause a bit of drama for <laughs> who knows what reason, Helmut Marco has made this up? And if so, 
what do you think this reason is? You know what? I don't, I mean, he does, he does strike me as a gentleman who enjoys a bit of drama, but I don't know if he, if he would have done it on purpose, but honestly, I just think like, I can't decide what's funnier. Okay. Like, what what's funnier or who comes off looking worse i guess which is funny the equivalent of funny to like mercedes dance which a either you're perez and first of all you intentionally crash which is whatever and but to like tell people like why would you admit that max has won two championships and i've been such a good driver let me just go ahead and tell him so i don't know if it's funnier that yeah (laughs) tell people and third of all that he's been so off the pace he's been so far behind max that it took what like six months for max to get the opportunity to exact revenge like that is hilarious to me that is so funny so is that funnier (laughs) or is it funnier that you're max and you have won the championship you are in sixth place Perez has helped you countless times Perez you know no matter your feelings on like how uh, the end of last year went Perez like like inarguably played like a really big role in Max getting that championship so is it funnier that Max still knowing all of this was like hold on hold on let me get even let me get even six months later P6 and P7, I have my reasons. I honestly can't decide what comes out funnier. And I think, like, I don't think I've had this much fun with something related to F1 since, like, like silly season back when everyone was trying to figure out where, like, uh, Sebastian Vettel was going to end up, like, that COVID break we had. I think, like, th- like I've ne- I haven't felt so alive about drama in F1 ever since. And I think it's because none of it has to do with Mercedes. And it's just, like, pure, like, hilarity. I saw this thing online, and I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I wondered if you two had seen it, where now, you know, like Max's comments are being filled with like all this toxic hate and Perez's comments are being filled with all this toxic hate. And I can't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, and he cheated on his wife too. And it was like Max's (laughs) mum that had commented that. (laughs) What? about Perez? Oh, but you like, know what is you happening? You know the cheating thing. Are you gonna? I don't know if you're gonna get to it. But like Monaco weekend is when that video was mysteriously leaked. The video of of Perez dancing with the woman and I he don't had his know hands. What sort of dirty videos Muhammad watches? It was all Monaco. over Twitter. I watch videos that are all over Twitter, and it was Perez dancing with a woman, clearly drunk out of his mind, and somebody leaked that video at a. It was at a Red Bull. Uh, team party so it was a member of the team leaked the video and got Perez in a lot of trouble with his wife of which he has like two kids with so um well now there's all this stuff about what how's Verstappen's mum connected to all this and you know what it reminded (laughs) me of a lot of people were saying you know with how aggressive Verstappen is and this and that and whatever he's a lot like Senna uh, and then Virtual Statsman commented, well, Senna actually did let his teammate Berger pass in 1991. And the other <laughs> thing is, he said Senna is a great catch-all to compare any driver to because Senna has done everything. He's been like really humble and yeah. like good, and he's been really aggressive and crosses the line. So anyone you want to compare to Senna, you can. 
because Senna's done all these things. You know, Senna's hit a wall and crashed. Um, and Latifi yeah. has also done this. So <laughs> you could compare anyone to Senna. But um, what I was really thinking about was if this is true that Verstappen's camp released that video because they were annoyed that Perez won the race. And just the way Jos Verstappen has been with Lewis and, you know, insinuating things about, oh, Lewis must be taking drugs and blah, 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 blah. The, the Verstappen camp reminds me more of the family from Succession. Yeah. Do you know I, what I, I mean? Don't They're just like the, I don't extra aggressive. So to They're like, that to me. It, they can't just win. They need other people to lose. Yeah. Asmara, question. You're Christian Horner. Now what? Um, did you guys see that picture of uh, Horner and Perez like walking out together and it looked like Horner was like carrying Perez's bag? I don't know if he was. It just looks like it. Um, yes. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And already uh already Horner and I don't remember I can't remember if Christian Horner said it or if Helmut Marco said it, but like they said that Max is like gonna do everything he can to get Perez the P2 in, in uh the last race. So it's so interesting to me though, and like here's where I'll draw another parallel. Like there's drivers that are like way more than the team and like way bigger than the team. And you like you compare it to uh, like uh, what was I going to say? Oh, you compare it to like the team orders that um, Ocon got, right? Like where they uh, uh, his engineer came on the radio and said, "Confirm for me that you're not going to fight Alonso." And he tried to like get around it, and he was like, "Oh, you know, like I'm going to do everything I can. I need to be competitive." And they were like, "No, like tell us right now, you're not going to you're not going to like go past or you're not going to fight Alonso." And like you you take that to like someone like Max where like I don't think Max is actually genuinely going to face any consequences for this right because like Red Bull just wants to keep him like the happiest that they can so despite the fact that he said everything in such a way like who knows what his reasons were maybe it was something else maybe it was nothing to do with Monaco maybe he was just like mad at Perez for some other reason but like despite that he said he said this now and caused like all this controversy again as if Red Bull hasn't had enough controversy this season but like I don't think that Horner or Marco are gonna do anything to like genuinely like, what can they do, right? Like, Max is all the leverage. He's, like, one of the best drivers on the grid. If he leaves Red Bull, like, I don't think they're nearly as competitive. So they can't. I don't think they're really going to do anything. I think yeah. they're just going to do their best to, like, spin it. Like, they've had to spin everything else that's happened this season and just, like, hope that Max has, like, exacted whatever revenge he was hoping for and and will be fine. I mean, he's probably going to be ahead of Perez in, in uh, the last race and it won't make any difference whatsoever. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And um, I, I, I just, it is really funny. As you know, that message to Ocon was hilarious to me because he was doubling down more and more with every like further message he got. So they'd be like, confirm with me, you will not fight Alonzo. And he's like, I'm going to do whatever I got to do. They're like, okay, but confirm that you're not fighting with Alonzo. He's like, listen, man, I'm going to do whatever. They're like, you cannot fight Alonzo, Ocon. Alonzo, uh, uh, is that clear? And then he's like, fine, I won't fight him. Like, it's just like, it was the funny, you know what? If he, he really is like an aggressive driver. He is what I imagine Max Verstappen being. He is such a goober. That's, that's the word I'm going to give him. I I hope I don't get flagged by Alpine's team as a severely toxic comment for calling him that. I don't know where I fall on their range of toxicity, but I'm going to call him a goober. Um, was there, I so think before that's... we close this chapter, yeah. shall I just read out a tweet that Perez has put out? 
just a little while ago. Oh wow! Okay, so cool. Says, what a day yesterday. Nice. Dot dot dot. <laughs> so what, what, what I'm going to do is Asmara. I think there's <laughs> there's going to be a bit of reading in between the lines. Okay, so I'm going to say read out what Perez has typed, and I want you to tell me what he really means. Okay. So he's typed, "What a day yesterday." Dot dot dot. So I think you know, with my expert analysis, what he said there is, "God, what a horror show yesterday." <laughs> okay. He goes on to say, "A safe podium with a lack of pace made everything complicated for us with the safety car." Uh. I feel like that's pretty close to what he was trying to say. You know, he's not getting right into the meat of it yet. He's like, he's he's just like foreshadowing that he's gonna he's gonna go off about the safety car in a minute. Now to focus on Abu Dhabi. That's fine. I'm just gonna. Uh, we we don't need to translate that. But this one here we go. With Max and the team, everything was discussed yesterday. And it will remain internally. This is Perez saying, listen, Max had played his little games. He's had his little revenge and we're moving on. Do not ask me about Monaco. Do not ask me about Monaco or about my <laughs> This is behind us. And we will continue working as the great team that we have been up till now. So what he's trying to say there is, yeah, yeah, Mercedes won too. Yeah, you know, they've been all buddy-buddy, but we also are buddies. And there was a slight blip in that yesterday. But don't worry, all is sorted. You know, what could possibly go wrong? That's it. Poor, poor little Verstappen. Not Verstappen, Perez, Gizo. <laughs> I've just gone to Verstappen's Twitter page, that's right, to see if he's had anything to say on the matter, and he's not made any statements at all. Nice. He has stormed off the podium, like in Saudi Arabia 2021. <laughs> and with that, we will be storming off our podium and seeing you guys at the season finale in Abu Dhabi, where two drivers head there equal on point. It's like the entire season didn't happen. Will they crash into each other on the first turn? Who knows? Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez fighting for second in the championship. Stick with us for the most exciting championship for P2 we've ever seen in Abu Dhabi. Thank you everyone for joining us. It's been Soul Pit Stop. Bye! 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 This has been a production for Not That Good Media.